Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Welcome to the Invested Podcast. Yay. This is podcast number 404. This is your new thing, Pretty announcing exciting. how many podcasts we've done. I guess. I don't know, <laughs> for the time being. And um, we are talking about resolutions now at the beginning of the year, um, which has left us behind. We're now in February. Well, we what day is today? You know We're what? We get around to stuff eventually. We do. Yeah. It might take us a while, but you guys all who are listening understand that one must meander around some interesting topics in order to enjoy the conversation. Yeah, especially us. We wonder. Especially us. So what is it about resolution? So I want to hear, wait, I want to hear if you made any resolutions or if you can't stand resolutions or whatever. Well... I'm not a huge fan, so I think we talked about that. Yeah, um, we talked about that. I like, I like to put myself in a position where I'm, I'm doing things that are really important to me. Like, mm -hmm. I love Steve Jobs' idea that we should try to make a, a ding in the universe. <laughs> I think that's what he said. And so, you know, in an attempt to make that little ding as best you can, um, try to do some things that might have a ding. So those are the things I want to kind of promise that I'm going to do. So I was like, that's what I've done for, for this year. Like I said last time, I'm promising that I'm going to knock out this uh, amazing uh, phone-based, you know, cell phone-based toolbox. Sounds awesome. For doing this kind of investing. And, and why do you like to call that a promise good. and not a resolution? Um, if you, it's, you know, how you define a resolution would be defined either as a promise or a goal. You resolved to do something that could be, ah, well, what is, I'm resolved to have dinner with you, but I didn't make it. All right. Mm -hmm. And that was a goal. I'm resolved to have dinner with you and I didn't make it. And I'm now going to, you know, feel like I'm totally don't have the character I should have. And I need to up my game. Yeah. That was a promise. Okay. So this to me is a promise. I'll, I'll, I'm promising that you guys can hold me to it. It should be done in a year. So this time next year, we should be delivering something pretty amazing um, that we're committing $2 million to. And hopefully it'll, it'll really turn out well. And um, so that's the difference between, for me, and I, you know, I have other things that I haven't sat down and resolved to do because I don't know that I'll really do them. And I don't want to have put myself in that position of, oh man, I didn't. I didn't Where you again. set so yourself up to fail, be, right? Because yeah, that's what it is. Those things would be working out a certain amount of time and all this. And just, okay, I'm going to work out as best I can. I'm going to ride my horses as best I can. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to resolve to, you know, ride three days a week and work out four days a week. And it's just life just intervenes. And then I feel like, oh, man, I can't keep my promises to myself. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't like to do it like that. 
Yeah, me either. And I think that's the thing is we are in the minority subsection. I'm just gonna say it right now. I think you're a rebel also in the Gretchen Rubin paradigm, which is doesn't respond well to expectations, neither inner nor outer. And, Uh. um, and so making any sort of resolution like that like the typical new year's resolution type of thing just feels like why i'm just creating something that i'm probably not gonna do so like why would i do that but i have learned that other people are different and the reason new year's resolutions exist as a concept is that for a lot of people it feels really good to say to themselves internally I want, what's a typical New Year's resolution? Um, I want to run three times a week. So they they say that to themselves and it feels like a new year and a new start and having that clarity of like, this is something I want to do in this new year gets them out to do it. And I think that's great. I do too. It's amazing. Go on. So like, just because you and I are not into it doesn't mean everybody listening should not be like, do it. If it works for you, do it. That's where I think having the knowledge of yourself and like what you respond well to is super important because if you set yourself up to fail, like by by creating a goal, a promise, etc., that just makes you feel bad, that's not useful. That does not serve you. But setting yourself up in a way Why, why that... isn't it useful to feel bad now that you've hit on that? What's wrong with that? <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Think about all the kids right now who are being absolutely mollycoddled, living in a bubble of their parents' creation that so that they never feel bad about anything. They never... You've, you, what was it? It's like somebody said they, they went to a Little League game and asked one of the moms there, you know, What's the score? And she says, well, the score doesn't matter because all the children are just out here to have fun. This was like T-ball level. Like they were like nine years old. And, I, and, and, well, and this I'm guy goes like, oh yeah, well, wait a second. Wait a second. You don't hear, hear the bottom line on this. This other guy goes, yeah, well, our team's having fun 10 times to their team having fun three times. So it's like, okay, now you can interrupt. Okay. I think parenting decisions and the stereotype of everything you're describing is a totally different world than a self choice of an adult about whether or not they're going to run three times a week. Well, maybe so. Okay. I completely lost track of where we were when you went. (laughs) Because you got very into how upset you are about sports game keeping score. Um, What? Oh, no. What I'm doing is saying that Children are, people are starting to acknowledge. I know what you're saying. Everybody knows what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, Um, why is that a good idea to put children in a bubble? I am not going to comment on parenting choices. When it comes to. If you don't ever fail and you don't feel bad about yourself, how are you, how do you go through life? So when it comes to somebody who's trying to, let's say, for example, learn investing, how can they best set themselves up to do that? Now, maybe for some people, it is like, hey, I need this goal. That's the whole point of resolutions, right? Because when people start to not do them, then they feel bad. Yeah. 
And so having that plan, resolution, promise, etc., that you just set for yourself, um, pushes you to actually do it because you don't want to feel bad, right? But I guess what I'm driving at is what's wrong with feeling bad? There's a judgment there that we don't want to feel bad, so let's not do things that will make us feel bad. Why don't we want to feel bad? What's Why do you that? want to feel bad? Because you learn. It's like experience is what you got right after you needed it. And you, you, you got burned. You got burned badly right there because you didn't know what to do. You feel bad that you, you screwed up, right? You drove your car off of, a, off of an embankment. You did something. How do yeah, you Yeah, but you didn't set yourself up to do that. <laughs> what? what? It's a mistake, right? It's a problem. It's a mistake. It wasn't supposed to go that way. Right. Yeah. So you learned. Okay, if good. You so you learned. Why would you learn anything? You go like, wow, I don't feel bad about that at all. That was what really is this? Fun. I, how does this help? Okay, so tell me how you would design a, a New Year's resolution then. How does this relate? Well, I'm, I'm now over here trying to understand if the, the thing that you don't want to do when you're making a resolution is to feel bad about something. And that's why you're not going to be resolved to do it. Then you literally you just said that. Yourself. You literally just, I said, just said, I don't make a goal about exercising more because I know I'm probably not going to do it. And I want to just make sure that I like lean in that direction and sort of do more. And I think I can do that. And I want to ride my horse like a good amount. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to do that. But I don't like to set any particular goals. Because I don't want to feel bad about it, not doing them. I think I did say that. And I'll tell you what. This is like literal human nature. Pull that back. But you shouldn't pull that back. back. I think that that I'm was enlightened. I think that that was enlightened mm -hmm. about your own nature. And I liked hearing it because I have heard you make many years these goals that are like not useful. I have not seen them what? be useful. <laughs> And exercising, by the way, is usually the topic. <laughs> okay, right. So, you've so got this, you got this idea that you shoot for the stars and maybe all you do is land in the top of the tree, but it's way farther up that mountain than you would have gone, okay? So, yeah, that's one concept, okay. yes. I get that. And then there's the concept of don't do that, just set the target on the tree as the tree, you're going to get to the top of the tree so that you achieve things and you feel good about them. Well, but also so because you know how you're going to get to the top of the tree, you have a plan, you know that it's reasonable and doable in the time frame that you've set and you're going to go do it and then you go do it. Well, I realize I'm terribly conflicted about this all of a sudden. <laughs> I think there's a definite place for children to fail and feel bad. Let's not talk about children. Let's talk about adults idea. who are thinking but about learning and investing. Children to do that, then also there's a place for adults to do that. So words, I have. Oh, and by the way, the whole paradigm that we've got, or a paradigm we've got, don't mean to talk over you, but I just want to get this out, okay. is that this is a hero's journey. And we're following this sort of Joseph Campbell hero's journey paradigm that says that heroes go through a process in every culture at least the hero myth does. And one of the places that you end up is feeling really bad. It's a 
it's a necessary part in some way. Put it like this. It is a part of the myth of a heroic journey. So much That's so great. that it has an actual, right? So you've Good. got to be in this place where suddenly you doubt, you fear, you, you know you've made a mistake, you shouldn't be here, you're way over your head. And if you don't know that that's part of the journey and you try to avoid that part of the journey, then maybe Campbell would say you're not going on the journey. You're What's the journey called this. again? You're not going to be a hero. It's the, the, the heroic journey. The hero's journey. The hero's journey. Which is a singular, extraordinary level of activity of accomplishment. It's not running oh, three well. times a week. Right. So I guess I don't have a problem with people feeling bad and us reaching for amazing goals and feeling bad when we don't get there and reaching for the stars and landing in the trees. Like, I, yes, I'm into it. I love it. <laughs> That's totally me and us and our family and like yay and also like i don't run three times a week and neither do you so like in real life <laughs> do you know what i mean i'm trying to so you've got over here you've got the heroic journey right which is seeking if there's a heroic journey it's got to be seeking financial independence it's got to be there so agree the number yeah of heroic journeys you can take because that's such a, a a it's such a heroic thing to do for your family and for generations to come and worthy right, and good for every part of your life and but, body but and running three times a week there's there's nothing about that thing that's heroic in your view and therefore you shouldn't arrive at this dark place of doubt and and fear that you can't accomplish this goal of running three days a week. You shouldn't no. put yourself into that scenario. Maybe running three days right? a week is right? this incredibly important part of your life that you need to develop at all costs. I don't know. If it is, go for it. But for me, it's not. So Okay, there's a very good point you're making, I think. Okay, tell me I what think my... you're making a great point. And I think that that's that there are there are there are heroic journeys, but there's not a lot of them in your life. You're going to yes. do a very few of these. Yes. And for those very few heroic journeys. It requires an understanding of the whole process that you're going to go through and you got to brace yourself for it because it's going to be a it's going to be a battle. I totally to agree with that. Mm hmm. And then there are these other things that are sort of fun to do or good to do and should eat right. And are, and are important to do, right? They're important to do. Yeah. But you shouldn't be beating yourself up over it. When you go on a heroic journey, you're, you're intentionally going to beat yourself up over it if you don't get through it. You're going to flip and kill yourself if you don't get there. Yeah, right. Right? Right. Let me, let me give you an example of that. Being married to somebody. <laughs> is, oh, God. It's a heroic journey. It is? Are you sure? Of course. Of course it is. Uh, You're making a commitment for It's not life. my experience. And if you don't keep your commitment, you're going to beat yourself up. You're going to wreck somebody else's life in a way. You're going to 
cause chaos and you're going to have issues and you you're going to beat yourself up you did you didn't fulfill your promise and you didn't achieve this yeah. heroic right no, i thought you were saying, saying that like being married married was this like horrific goal setting <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna journey. like it's... feel horrible <laughs> before you feel good <laughs> it's a it's a I think anybody that's been married 60 years would be happy to tell you that there are moments where it's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yes. And you persevere, right? It's and in that sense is what I'm saying. It's a heroic journey. There'll be moments when you doubt and you persevere because you're going to not fail. You're going yeah. all the way through with this. Actually, I was talking That's, to I after think, what we makes it a heroic journey. After we finished recording the episode where we were talking a lot about Gretchen Rubin, um I went and talked to Nuno about it and I was telling him like what we were talking about. And I said to him, who's, like, who's Nuno? Who's Nuno? Uh, the husband. The husband. There, there you go. My, I figured they my, would figure it out from love, context eventually. My beloved son in law. I said I to mean, him, I love this guy. I struggle so much with expectations. We were talking about, like, how I respond and how he responds to expectations. And I was telling him how much I struggle with expectations. And then I was like, you know, it's weird that, like, you're not worried about this because what I'm telling you is that I really struggle with expectations and yet like we have set up our lives such that you have a pretty strong expectation that I'm gonna like stick with you and <laughs> and um, and it's yet like to stick with Nuno right and yet I said you made like a promise I just let you. me talk right. so I said it's weird because I I struggle with this but then like my commitment to you and our marriage like I have no questions about that I have no concerns like no worries like it's not a struggle it's not hard at all for me and I don't understand why that is exactly like I don't know why that's different for me like internally and he said um it's because it's just a completely different level of choice it's like an entire life choice that really doesn't rest on like expectations at all and I don't know I've, I've like been thinking that. about it ever like since because because he was like yeah like I have no struggles or questions or any like we're it's not it does like it doesn't even fall into the same category as oh, this whole like thing that. it's wonderful all right so that let's categorically say that that's a promise that that and that by making the promise some might call it a vow a vow it's a vow i love it <laughs> vow i like a vow okay it's a their vow. marriage vows by, just so you know you made marriage vows marriage vows and so by <laughs> making this vow you eliminate doubt uncertainty questions it's as you say it's a higher level and it's just done. It's done. 
for life. Yeah. It's something like that. And I haven't quite sorted it out yet, but it's something like that. It's like, it's, it's done. It's there's, uh, yeah. I'm not well, trying to reach mean, anything. I think that's what it, it's like. I'm not trying to reach anything. It's already happened. Ooh. It's like, it's in the past for me. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. Even though it isn't, it's day to day. Totally. Yes. Right? You're living yes. life. You're making future plans. Yeah. You got all these things going on that are carrying you forward. But it's already in the past. I love that. It's such a it's like such a heavy commitment that it's already done. It's already done. Yeah. The well, I mean, it, like years, literally how many years you're given. It is. Done. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if we could make it on the same level. Wow. Can you make a vow about being becoming financially independent and have the same experience that it's done? The, the fact that you made the vow makes it fate accompli. Well, I mean, I, I think what I'm you're saying is really word. interesting because you couldn't because you're not wealthy yet, but you are married yet. Yeah, right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but what you're saying is really interesting that even though I have this feeling, I keep like touching my heart, like it's in my heart, right? Like that's done, but it's not done because it's every day. So in a similar way, and maybe this is why I'm so drawn to the concept of a practice for investing is like the desire is there. The desire is, is, is is kind of done, I guess. So that can ebb and ebb and flow, I suppose. But then what happens is like, okay, what do I do today? You know, like, what do I do tomorrow? How does one actually go and learn about investing? And what do I do? Um, and like, what time of day do I do it? And all those kinds of things. And that's why there's about 700 million books about relationships and how to be married. And people go to marriage counselors because it is not clear how you do all those things and that's why there's 700 books about investing and how you become an investor and what you do and why people are listening to our podcast and why I ask you questions still years later because it's not clear so there's some it's 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 that same thing of like how do you live today and now and still like think about the future and prepare for the future and set yourself up for the future and that that balance at all times how do I know that I've made this really powerful vow to my husband that's done and in the past but at the same time like not annoy the hell out of him every single day and act like a total jerk to him when he comes home and he brought the wrong croissant which happened today so I was not a total jerk, by the I'm way. Just, the croissants were. I'm just excellent. thinking, of what, what an. In, I mean, when 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 people say, you know, that there have been these moments in history where the leader of an expedition, a military expedition, actually burned all the ships. Oh God, the burn the, the ship thing again. I'm sorry. Yeah, I the just only thing that cannot. Well, I'm just trying to bring that into tune with what you're saying because. The only thing that could happen once you've burned the ships is either you're going to win or you're going to die. Right. That's all there is left. So I was thinking in that context about um, that movie 
free solo, right? Mm-hmm. Where, um, gosh, Alex guys, Honnold, what, what is Alex, Alex Honnold, Honnold is a free mountain climber, which means that he climbs with no ropes, no safety equipment whatsoever. He's just like a dude who climbs up a mountain alone. And it's yeah. exactly as ridiculous and terrifying as it sounds if you haven't seen anybody ever do that. And the thing, the thing that, that brings it into this context is that you can't climb back down. The, at some point, you can no longer climb back down. And that, that point happens really quickly. Where I mean, that's no longer have a not choice. literally true in the metaphor, though. No, it's literally true. It's you can't not. reverse some of the moves. He can't reverse some of the moves, but he can climb back down. He does it in the no. movie. What? He he he. There's a part where he is trying to climb up. Um, what was it that he was trying to climb? El Capitan or Half Dome? Anyway, one, one of them. Um, um, he's trying to climb it, El and. Capitan. There's all this pressure from the filmmakers and like when they're when he's going to do it and getting the cameras right and all that. And he starts to climb and he like fairly quickly after starting says, I'm not doing this. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel good yeah. today. And he yeah. because that mountain has been climbed so many times, it has bolts all over it. So he just clipped in immediately to a bolt oh, and, and right. roped. That's he right. roped up. And then he, they didn't show how he got down. I don't know. He probably just rappelled down. So, That's right. He did have an out. He did have an out. Yeah. Um, because he's got this film crew with him and they've got ropes and they're roped and he could probably get out of it. I don't think yeah, it was because right. of the film crew. I think he always climbs with, with that. Well, he didn't have any ropes. When he, if he's going all by himself, there's no ropes. No, no, he's not carrying. Anyway, the details of how he got out of it are, are neither here nor well, there. It's, it's close. Maybe it's not perfect, but it's close. And certainly there, there comes a point in the climb, more than one, but it's certainly one point where he practiced over and over again this really hard move. Yeah. And he did it, you know, being roped up from the top where he could yeah. fall without risk. And he didn't do it most of the time. He failed. Yeah. But then he got to where he thought he could probably do it. And that was life or death. It, totally. It or don't. It's that leap, right? And it was yeah, literally it was a leap across a chasm. That was completely God, insane. If you haven't seen this thing, if you know anything about climbing in, in the mountains, it's just like breathtaking all the way. Even but if you don't like know anything about climbing. Yeah, yeah. but I'm thinking that that level of commitment that a free climber makes gets your head in a place. I think, as you said, actually a really good point you made where his head wasn't in the right place and he just got out of there because it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. If your head goes into the right place, meaning you are fully committed and there is no turning back and you're solid that you can do this, um, the doubts go away and you keep them at bay. You don't go through the hero's journey of doubt and fear and all this. You keep that stuff away because the moment you go there, you're going to fall. That's actually a great movie. We should watch that again because um, most of that movie is about his psychology and the questions that... (laughs) non-free climbers have for people who do that uh, saying like why 
why the hell are you doing this completely psychotic suicide mission of a sport? And indeed, most of the guys who do that do not grow old. So Really? They yeah. mostly die? Yeah. Um, so they talk a lot about that. He talks a lot about that in the movie. And, and much like us, he, you know, he doesn't really know the answer. He is trying to figure it out along with everybody else. They do MRIs on his head in the movies, in the movie, like they filmed it, where they, um, the doctors try to stimulate the fear part of your brain. And his fear part of his brain does not light up. So the way they do that is they show pictures in the MRI of like things that most people think are scary. And they have a baseline of what a typical or average response would be. And his response is, if let's say typical is 100, his response is like one. And so he just literally doesn't respond to fear in the same way that most other people do. So that's number one. And then... Number two is, that I think is what makes him the world's greatest free climber, um, free solo, I should say, is that on top of that lack of fear, which surely most of the people doing that sport also have, or also don't have, um, is that he is so prepared. He's so aware of his process, of his practice, he goes through every single climb over and over and over in his head, on paper, in reality. He does it over and over, roped up, safe, until he can do that climb so reliably that it creates the confidence. So the confidence is not false. It's not like, I psyched myself up and I'm going to go do it. It's real because he knows he can do it because he's done it a hundred times. So I watched a YouTube video of Alex taking another climber um, who has a lot of YouTube videos named Magnus uh, Midbo, who's I think a fan and has fun videos. If you've never watched them, they're really fun to watch. I've never um, watched them. But he, Alex took him up on a, on a wall cliff someplace, some mountain cliff, mm -hmm. and they free climbed it. And this is something that I'm sure Magnus asked him to do for him because Alex is famous and Magnus is a good promoter of his own, you know, YouTube channels. Mm -hmm. But they got to a spot on this wall where Magnus was locked in and couldn't move. Uh, yeah. So bad. Alex was right above him, just talking him through it, you know, just, hey, man, you got this. This is easy. You can do this standing on your head. So uh, Magnus had never had the advantage of free climbing this thing or, or actually top roping this and top roping this and knowing all the moves and all of that confidence. He just was trusting Alex that Alex wouldn't take him over his head. And he got to a place where, you know, he talked about it after he climbed it because he had to climb it. Mm. Couldn't climb back down. They didn't have ropes. Mm. I mean, he had to make the move and it was scary. He was scared. He had doubt. And that doubt yeah. was starting to really cause him some problems on that mountain. Oof. I love this because it's such, it's, it's a metaphor for going through the investing journey. I mean, it really is. You, you're out there exactly. without a rope and you're using real money and it's, it's, it can be very scary for you. 
And I, I'm so glad you brought that movie up because I learned a lot from his process that is applicable to my process with investing practice. And, and the main takeaway that I had just from watching it, and now I want to go watch it again, is how much he repeated the process. He did it in his head. He wrote every move down in his notebook. And then he did it in real life. And oof, like, well, I've told you, I've told you so many times, like my favorite thought about all this is how much emphasis Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger put on being right and yeah. not being in a zone where you're, where you even could be wrong because, you know, it's just like, okay, look, just know you're right. So I just keep remembering that Davy Crockett, at least in the television show in the 1950s, when Fess Parker was Davy Crockett, used to say every show, first be sure you're right, and then go ahead. <laughs> and I thought that was life wisdom when I was nine years old. And I still think so today. I think it was a really wise thing. First be sure you're right, and then go ahead. With investing, being sure you're right means to really be an expert in that business. You really have to know that you know. And anything you think you might not know, you don't know. And stay away from that. And so it's like, man, it's so important that, that you, you have, have a business that's wonderful. In fact, to the point that if you had to choose between a business that's wonderful run by a con artist um, versus a, a fair business run by a wonderful person with integrity and talent. Munger said you choose the business that's wonderful. I would choose the business that's fair. <laughs> so I hate to disagree wrong. with Charlie, but on no, that one I would. With Charlie. Because should, I think a con a artist breath, can really mess up breath. a wonderful business. Take a deep breath. And don't immediately disagree with Charlie because I don't want to. It very feels wrong. rarely wrong. Yes. Very rarely wrong. Agree. And the problem is the the thing is what what we define a wonderful business as, not to get all into a whole nother subject here, but what we define a wonderful business as is a business that's so simple that an idiot can run it. And Charlie's view is that if you've got a business like that, this he didn't say con artist, so maybe I've gone over the line. Oh, because because somebody who's dumb this but well-meaning is a completely different story than somebody who's actively Fair a enough. embezzler, fraud. We'll get a lot of letters on that one. Fair enough. You're right. So let's just say an idiot is, is you chose oh, okay, a totally great d- business run by then an idiot I pick... or a fair business run by somebody fabulous. Oh, my gosh. Venture I'm so glad you clarified. Oh, venture capitalists would all go run over. And tell me I'm, I'm right about this. Venture capitalists would run over and get on the boat with the person who's wonderful. I mean, there's no They're such thing as go... a wonderful early stage business that venture capital invests in. So it's... Okay, well, there you go. I'm sorry. I have to be accurate. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's not even a question. No. I got to go with the people. But that's why they go with the people because the people have so much influence on the direction. But there it is. I mean, that 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 choice of wonderfulness and and how important the business quality is 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 gigantic. And you can't know that for sure unless you really understand the business well. Yeah. 
All right, we better stop today, but this has been very thought-provoking and enjoyable. A lot more to cover here. I love love this. This is why investing is life. Like, I watch this stuff. That was awesome. And I think to myself, investing is life. And then I think, I can't say that to people because it sounds so stupid. But that is literally how I think about it. So, but Dad, we need to come up with like a better slogan because investing is life. Sounds like I'm trying to recruit people into a lame cult. I, I didn't know we had that slogan. I didn't we don't. We that, it's just inside my head. No, it's just oh. something that comes into my head because I'm corny. <laughs> You're right. Investing is life. That's not, that's it's, not good. It sounds greedy. It, it sounds like a really boring cult. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> you're right okay we'll figure that one out next time no problem thanks so then, everybody time to go play <laughs> bye hi guys thanks for listening to invested if you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And I'm really important. It's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that you're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only. And I really hope you enjoyed it.